How did a middle-aged man go from importing fabrics to TikTok sensation? And I kind of just walk around waving a phone at things and filming it. Starting in 2020, his first video was done on his sofa after he'd had a beer. Within like 15 minutes, I was just laughing. This is what social media used to be. But soon he was approached to do content for publishing giant Bloomsbury. And that was the part that was being paid anything. It was absolutely incredible. And he's now turned making silly videos on the internet into his full-time job. He now tours the country reviewing just about anything he can find, from celebrity pubs to theme parks and even to swingers clubs. You look at it and you go, I can't do a post on this. We joined him for a day reviewing Clapham in South London. He's now been featured in countless news outlets, poking fun at almost every part of the country, managing to annoy local papers in the process and enlisting responses from their local councils. People like that. People think that it's quite funny. He gets recognised in the street and he reveals some of the secrets behind brand deals. I'm probably still in the contracts. I've got to pronounce them properly. Hyundai, as I always used to call them. Phil, welcome to Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. Thank you very much. I do have imposter syndrome being here, considering you've had grown-ups with proper jobs on and uh, and I kind of just walk around waving a phone at things and filming it. Well, I think he's got one of the most interesting jobs, right? Now, normally we ask people to describe what their job is. I want to have a go at doing this with you and see what you think of it. <laughs> oh, God. I think, like, I was trying to explain it to my wife and sister-in-law this morning. I was like, you're part between sort of like history and geography teacher meets tour guide meets observational comedian i would back it around i would like to start with the observational comedian <laughs> and then and then go back so they primarily are there to make people laugh some of them are uh, more informative and some of them are my genuine experiences uh, so when I do things like tourist attractions or anything you've got to pay money to go into, I try and make that authentic. If I have a good time, I will say I had a good time. If if, if I didn't have a good time, then yeah, then it's 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 all out war. Yeah. And tell us about like the the kind. Of, so how do you describe yourself to people? If you're at a dinner party or like drink oh, party or whatever. Well, what? well, I, well I have a I have a seven year old, so uh, and my wife works, so dinner parties and things like that are few and far between. But if if I'm at a wedding or something like that, I. I, the line I tend to use is I make stupid videos for the internet. Right. If I'm lucky, lots of people watch them. Um, I think now we're in a space where YouTube is normalised to all but the most Luddite baby boomers. Um, and yeah, most people are aware that sort of content online can generate revenue and therefore if it generates yeah. revenue, you can earn a living off it. Uh, but yeah, I, I say I make silly videos. And then it's always a bit complex to explain what you do because it's a bit like say someone saying oh i'm a stand-up comedian and you say well what do you joke about yeah and you're sort of like well anything that i see an angle on and talk to us about the the origin of it and when did you i guess when did you start making money from it that's quite a good question overall okay well the the, the money is uh, the money is the last thing to come in content a bit like music i think yeah right? the money is kind of the last thing to arrive i started making content when I downloaded TikTok with the rest of the nation during lockdown one, uh, because it was new and different and we were all trapped indoors and the weather was good and we didn't know what to do with our time. And then people started watching it. And I thought this is wild because I am, I'm 30, I was 37 at the time, but I look a lot older because I don't have my hair and whatever. So I was effectively like a middle-aged man just putting crazed ramblings into my phone and people were watching it and liking it. And then people continue to watch and like it as we came out of COVID. And then I remember the first sort of brand approached me. There was very little uh, money actually on the platforms then, but the first brand approached me about a year in with a meaningful offer. Yeah. And that to me was, considering I loved making the posts, that like blew me away. I was like, you want, do you want to pay me to make, a, to make a TikTok? And can you remember the first, um, can you remember that moment why you downloaded it? Because that's quite been quite... Yeah, so it, 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 lots of people have been talking about it. Um, in a, a previous job, I had I worked with a marketing company and they were sort of saying to me in about October 2019, look, TikTok is here to stay. TikTok is a massive mm. platform. 
are learn it. They, they didn't say post on it. For God, they didn't. Yeah. They, they were just saying, look, the, you know, we, in the years to come, we're going to be advertising on TikTok in the same way we're advertising on Facebook and YouTube and, and these things. So I, I had it kind of on my list of things to download. But I am really a technophobe, and I was just like, I didn't do Snapchat. So barely did Instagram, and and I just thought, oh, another new platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had Bebo and MySpace and Facebook, and I'm like, I can't be asked. So, um. I did. I've got to update my MySpace. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got to update my Bebo. I've got to get on Friends Reunited. Um, and I downloaded it. And for the first time in like a long time after Twitter and everything like that, within like 15 minutes, I was just laughing. Yeah. And I thought, this is what social media used to be. Uh, and yeah, I just I just enjoyed it. And then and then the way for, for anyone listening who doesn't know what TikTok is, it's basically got a recommendation algorithm, which is better than any other recommendation algorithm out there it, it sort of knows what you want and it doesn't look to make you angry it doesn't look to make you sad it doesn't look to make you laugh it just looks to do whatever it has to do to keep you on there for as long as possible and for most people it is laugh. laughing yeah. and, and, and facebook had sort of in twitter had kind of gone in the wrong direction with this they they were pushing anger and um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed TikTok, and uh, it was it was at lockdown as well when we had a lot of time to. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. And what was that first brand that approached you then? You remember Bloomsbury Books? Okay. Um, yeah, they wanted me to talk about two books, uh, and it was uh, it was only a few hundred pounds for for a couple of posts, but it was something that was that was being paid anything. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And posts were costing me a lot of money to make and a lot of my time to make at the time. So it was just kind of, it wasn't like profit. It wasn't something that I would then go out. And And so what did you, what were you doing before? And and what was the journey of the kind of like scaling going Uh, from sort of one day? Yeah, so so I had a small, um, I I had a small business for 10 years, which I set up uh, and and ticks along. Uh, And in amongst that, I'd done some other businesses an import business on fabrics and a few other bits and pieces. Um, so I, we'd done marketing, we'd done advertising, so I knew what reach on social media was worth. Not to a deep level, yeah. but I knew that for us to put an advert out to 50,000 people on Facebook, I knew what that was costing, roughly. So I knew that if a post went out okay. to 50,000 people, I kind of knew. And we'd done some influencer marketing in sort of 2015, 2016 on Instagram. Okay. Uh, so I, I also knew kind of what those people were earning. TikTok was just the poor relation at the bottom. Yeah, YouTube yeah. and Instagram were at the top and TikTok was just a poor relation at the moment. But I kind of, I suppose in a way, using time, I, I almost bought shares in TikTok. Kind of, yeah. I, I sort of, I, 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 was, I was making the stuff because I think I knew, I knew that because we know through, from other social media platforms that you, you go where the young people are and that tends to be what's next. So where the 16, 17, 18 year olds are, that yeah. tends to be where everyone follows. And then the parents end up on there and then the grandparents end up on there. And then something new comes along. And what were your first videos about? Oh, the first videos were just trends. So so at the time, TikTok was all like 10 second trends and I was just making them each day just to entertain myself during lockdown. Yeah. I mean, how much time we had to during lockdown. Yeah. And then I can't remember what the first thing was where I put my actual voice on camera, but it was about a month in and it blew up and it went out to hundreds of thousands of people. And that was a superpower early on on TikTok. Yeah. Like putting your own voice up was, uh, you'd normally lip sync or use music and text on the screen. So when I put my own voice up, that uh, that that was not done often by many people. So uh, yeah, loads of people are like, what the hell? He's talking to camera. So they'd listen. And then uh, I can't remember, it might, it might have been about something horrendous, like knife crime or something like it's a serious, not disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it. I think it was about. And then, and then early on, you joke about all sorts, and it was a bit of a wild west type place. Because when you're when you're building a platform, you were like right at the start, you don't care because you've got nothing to lose, have you? You've got like yeah, five hundred yeah. followers, and then you get to a point where you've got a platform where you're like, okay, I've got reach here. I've got to be a bit more responsible. And how? Well, so what you're kind of like most famous for is then the instruction is kind of going to places and sort of doing a kind of like three minute tour or whatever. How do you, how do you decide what places to go? Um, Cause you now, go all over. Yeah. So I scroll around on Google maps. Yeah. So I just open Google maps. I've always loved maps anyway. I like scrolling around on Google maps. Yeah. So I scroll, scroll around and I see sort of these sort of island towns kind of out in the middle of nowhere, like Ipswich or something yeah. like that. 
which kind of doesn't have anything near it. And it's sort of places like that are perfect. Uh, you can go too big on them. Cities are really hard to do in three minutes. It's just too much going on. Yeah. And um, yeah, I and mean, then villages can be quite hard as well, unless it's got like unless it's famous for something. So, uh, but but now I've, I've I'm lucky because the emails come in, so I get uh, I get so many like emails mm. and DMs saying you need to go here and do this, you need to go see that. So that really helps. That helps. And I read all of them. You can't reply to all of them, but I read all of them. Yeah. And do you get? Um... So how much research do you do before you do... I mean, you did one on Scunthorpe the other day, which was fascinating. Um, and but, that's a long way, because you were based in the south-east of England, right? So yeah. it's a long... That's that's a big day's work, right? Yeah, well, I stayed up there and I did a couple of other bits when sure. I was there. And then you do do... do do You do bits that don't work out as posts. So you might go and see something or you might go go get somewhere and then you look at it and you go, I can't do a post on this. So there was an airbase near Scunthorpe, between Scunthorpe and Lincoln, and I wanted to do a piece on it because it's been redeveloped. It's where the dam busters were based. It's where the Red Arrows were based. And it's, okay. now, it's now being d- d- like effectively derelict and they're going to rebuild housing there. And I got there and I forgot that it's where they're housing the, the migrants. Right, and I walked up to the gate, and obviously I'm I've got white skin and blue eyes and a shaven head, and I was wearing a polo shirt, so I was one of their own. And um, as I got closer, I saw the flags, and I saw the nature of the people that were there, and I thought I don't want to get involved in this at all. Yeah, no good, yeah. no good could come of this. I either show too much sympathy to them, which like people can make up their own minds on on immigrant. That's not my place to to, to give an opinion on that. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was just like, there's no universal angle on this that won't get me into yeah. trouble with a group of people on one side or the other. And there's nothing funny about it. There's nothing. Uh, so yeah, that was something that I went to. Uh, you just can't do a post. So Do you worry about getting cancelled and such like? As early on, you've got nothing to lose. So no, then, and then as it got bigger, I look at my content quite subjectively. I don't, I don't mm. edit and post on the same day, okay. unless it's really time sensitive and it's really safe. So unless it's like, you know, if you, if you're talking about people queuing outside a Harry Potter gift shop and how ridiculous that is, yeah, or something like that, then you're not going to get cancelled for that. You might upset Harry Potter fans, but what's going to get you cancelled? It's going to be, um, it's going to be anything to do with equality. Yeah. basically so you just don't really yeah, yeah. talk about it and there's there's areas that i won't go to because uh they're like religion you know why go to leicester i was due to do leicester mm. on the day do you remember there were the 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 riots in Leicester? not riots oh, yeah, but like yeah, the yeah. fighting in leicester i was just like i'll leave this six months yeah yeah i don't need to give an everybody's given an opinion on it i don't need to give an opinion on it so, so and, and the things that i do talk about which might be politically charged. I might, I might talk about homelessness or, or, or sort of deprivation or something. Like that. They're, they're, if you don't agree with it, you're a, you're an yeah. idiot. They're pretty common sense type things. And what? So talk us through the the process. I mean, you do like so. Just to say, we we did uh, we've done one in Clapham Com- yes. Company t- today. And what? Um, like how much? How much research do you do before one? on an average post and then yeah you spend like three hours walking around yeah yeah so so not much research wikipedia yeah um what i kind of already know about the place what maybe someone's told me about the place yeah and then when i'm there a lot of towns have got a museum that no one goes into the locals don't even realize they've got a museum there but a lot of towns have got a free museum which is normally next to the library that's a really good place to go uh, chatting to estate agents is really, really, really good. Estate agents know the area, they know the gossip, they know where developments are going up. Um, and then uh, Google News. So I, I, I read news stories over the last six months, yeah. scroll through that. But a lot of it is like observational on the day. And you notice recurring themes in places as well. So like wherever there's an old town, before you get there, you know that that's kind of the gentrified bit. So you've kind of got that recurring joke there. The Iceland is always in the crap part of the town. Like it's, there are these recurring jokes that, uh, that that sort of ring true. What's the place that's most sort of positively surprised you? 
Jaywick, Jaywick, Jaywick was was a massive post. And Jaywick, I kicked down the the, the road because I was doing, initially I did it on the list of the hundred worst places to live in the country. Yeah. Uh, but then a load of other creators kind of sort of realised that actually going around and, and kind of doing what I was doing at the time was, was kind of quite easy. So I kind of evolved it and, and did things with more interest, you know, with angles. But, but Jaywick I wanted to do because everybody knows Jaywick. Everybody, yeah. Jaywick Jay is, if you don't know Jaywick, then um, it's often held up as one of the most deprived places in the country with Blackpool and Hartlepool. Yeah. The difference is Jaywick because it's in Essex. It's not that far away from London, uh, whatever. And... Um, yeah, I, I went and spent the, a lot of the day there, and there, there's no people. There's no hostility. Yeah, there's no danger. There's no people are there and friendly, but they just don't have anything because of geographically where it is, there's no train line in, there's no bus route, so it's completely cut off. And so the nearest place is Clacton, which in itself is quite cut off. Yeah, and um, yeah, I thought I'd be going in there and it would kind of be like Gangland Croydon or Gangland Manchester or, or something like that. And I was um, I was a bit nervous. Yeah. I think it, was, it was the first thing where I didn't leave my rucksack in the car. Normally I leave my rucksack in the boot of the car. I took my rucksack with me because I thought there could be a chance where the window on the car gets put in. Yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't like that at all. Everybody was loving. People questioned who I was because they weren't used to having people show up. But everybody was just really, really nice and quite fun. But they... That just hardly any of them can work because there is no work. Very interesting. And what was your favourite video to make that you've done so far? Oh, that always changes. No, that always... Or give us a couple then. Um, Canterbury I really liked because I liked the premise of uh, them building... I think the cathedral only being 100 years old and they built it to attract tourists. <laughs> and like the English heritage, uh, just basically constructing rubble out of fibreglass and then putting a fence around it and making up backstory so they can charge £20 to tourists to get in. Uh, so like Canterbury... Yeah, Canterbury went really surreal. Uh, where it was like just all made up history. Uh, the ones that I liked, the ones that I liked are the ones that people don't remember. So uh, yeah. another creator called Private Pilot Nick, who flies planes, uh, he bought a plane for £1,500, like a microlite for £1,500. And he said, I've fixed it, I've, I've gone over it, I've done some work on it, do you want to go up in it? And it was terrifying. But I loved it because, because you're not talking about a light aircraft. You can go up in a light aircraft. This thing was like it had been bought from Argos. It was kind of, it, and you go up and you're at 500 feet flying around. And yeah. he's like, and that just came across brilliantly on camera and was funny. And then there are other ones as well. Like I love all the pub crawls. We do pub crawls, uh, like Burmese Beer Mile and Circle Line Pub Crawl and uh, uh, the Celebrity Pub Crawl. And they, they're always quite fun. Because uh, luckily, when I get drunk, I don't go that sweary or angry or anything yeah. like that. I tend to get quite jolly when I'm drunk, and that's something I hadn't really thought about before. So whenever I do a post where I have a few drinks, I actually people like that. People think that it's quite funny. So uh, yeah, and then there are other posts where I went. And your most your your biggest one is the is the celebrity pub. The celebrity pub crawl, yeah, yeah, that went that went really global, yeah. But the celebrities got really lucky on, so it was Sir Ian McKellen owns a pub, Guy Ritchie, James Blunt, um, can't remember the other two, Ed Sheeran, uh, yeah, and a couple of others. And uh, yeah, so it was a nice mix of celebrities and, and that kind. And of you bit. just went around and filmed the pubs and had a drink. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. But and where did you get? ideas like that from don't know <laughs> don't know and i don't know i don't know where the idea is but but then but then that's what i'm learning I, i've never done anything creative before in my life i've never um as i look up and away to try and access that <laughs> part of my brain now I've, I've, I've never done anything creative i'm not a musician i can't i can't play any instruments i can't draw anything i can't do anything like that and um yeah and and you there's that thing where like if you just free up your headspace then the post will come. But quite often the whole post will come together through one joke. So you just get one joke, which is normally what you get when you're there. And you're like, okay, yeah, that'll be the second thing I talk about. Oh, and the first thing can be this and the fourth thing can be that. And then it comes So you to don't it. know that until maybe even the day after when you sort of... I still don't know. When we filmed Clapham today, I still don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah. I know roughly things I'm going to talk about. But you don't but know I have no idea what that post is going to look what, what, Whereas some, sometimes within minutes of being there, I'm like, oh. So with Scunthorpe, I knew I was going to have to talk about steel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then you 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 get there and you just see something in the town and you sort of... Paul, Paul is the big one 
When I was in Paul, they have a, a level crossing in the middle of the high street where a train rumbles through the middle of the high street. And to everyone listening, if you haven't been to Paul, you have no idea about this, but it looks bloody ridiculous. But to all of the locals, they're just, they're just growing up, but it's always there. And you'd be on the middle of the high street, you'd be walking down the high street, all of a sudden two barriers come down, everyone just stands there. As this train, like like something I said in the post, it's like something on a Michael Palin documentary as a train goes to the shoppers either side. As a full train, not a tram, grumbles through the middle of the high street. And you're sort of, who built that? Yeah. What was like, what, who, town who, who, the train line surely came after the high... Like, what? I don't understand the geography. But so you're not... Like, where does all this come from then? Because it's like, you say you're not creative, well, clearly... Well, I've always been a fan of comedy. You always have yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. So I've always, I've always loved comedy. Yeah, yeah. And then I've loved like comedy on YouTube and um, yeah, like. Were you a history geography buff? No, history. I'm more interested in than geography. Um, but I love, uh, yeah, I love, I love on the post. I love sort of batted away like massive bits of history with two sentences. Yeah. Because I know it annoys people. And, um, yeah, anything that annoys people in the comments, I'm like, oh, I'll keep doing that. Um, but, but yeah, like comedy, I loved Brass Eye the Day to Day. Um, everything Steve Coogan has done with Alan Partridge. Yeah. And, and, like, uh, and, then, and then obviously later on The Office and, and things like that. So I, I loved that sort of skirting between is it, is it a joke or isn't it? And yeah. then quite, quite a lot of the town guys, people don't get the town guys until I do a town that they know. And then they see me do a town that they know and they're like, okay, now I get some it. of it's an out-and-out -out joke, some of it is truth, and some of it is like observational between the two. So Clapham, you know, what we'll be doing quite a lot of heavy lifting in the Clapham Post will be women in activewear with pedigree dogs and children with stupid names yeah. walking around and men jogging, shouting into their... Bluetooth headphones, like business terminology that they want us to hear, but we don't know what it means, so they feel important. And the Socialist Party of... Oh, the Socialist Party of Great Britain. Being on the high street. Yeah, 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 being on the high street, yeah. Yeah, any, anything you can do like that. And then sometimes sometimes you, you might not want to talk about something, but you throw the images up on the screen while you're talking about something else, and you let, if people want to pay attention to it, they can. And you don't batch record. Do you? That was something that I had assumed that when we first spoke, that you would go to Clapham and you would do balancing. No, like, but you don't do that. No, town guides. The town guides need to be um, standalone because otherwise you just repeat yourself. Yeah, you, the, the, the jokes become too simple. Well, the people watching are shouting, playing your jokes are similar. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they get even more similar than that. Um, so, yeah, I, I try and and the town guides. They would quickly become a chore if I did too many of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, some of them I love doing. Some of them are the, the town guys are like the foundation of the account. But as I said to you earlier, they're not the best performing. They are, they, they are the foundation of the account, and they have a hardcore few hundred thousand people who watch them, and then, and then a big one will go out to a few million. But the ones, the, the posts that I do, which go really big, are um, sort of more, more. Tourist attractions, things you can do, things that anyone can get involved with. Yeah. yeah. And you had a, a really interesting phrase earlier, which has kind of stuck with me from when we were walking around Clapham, about the financial jigsaw of a creator. Yeah. Can you talk us through? Because I think this is really interesting for a lot of our audience and so on. We'll think TikToker, short form video content. Isn't this all just sort of like 18 year olds kind of doing it? Which is plenty of that. But you, know, you are a guy in your late 30s that has made a proper career out of this just talks well, a, bit, about a bit of career whether it's proper or not I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's like I, I don't know. yeah I mean as you get older in life you realize that what so what so many people do for a living is actually bullshit that's one of the parts of growing up you, you yes. sort of realize that actually some of your friends who earn quite a lot of money you drill down into what they do and you sort of go we well, see you know, that's not that complicated what you're doing yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's other people who do really really complicated things and they, tend to, and they tend to work for other people and, um, you know, scientists and things like that, like the people who developed the vaccine at Oxford. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, how many people can do that? No. Hardly anyone. Um, but, but yeah, from, from content, so from a, from a work point of view, most creators who actually make it work, there's a lot of massive creators who don't really earn any money and there's a lot of smaller creators who earn a lot of money. 
depending on what your niche is and what you're talking about and who would pay to advertise with you. But but what what one common theme is amongst people who can make it their job. So let's leave the people who make millions of pounds to one side. Yeah. Let's leave Mr. Beast and the Sidemen and everything like that to one side. And let's leave the hobbyist creators who make £500 here or there, which is a bonus around their day-to-day life at the other end. The creators in the middle who do it as a full-time job and actually pay their rent or their mortgage off it will have multiple revenue streams. Mm. Um, this is painful to a lot of young creators, and this is something that I learned really quickly. Everybody just wants to make videos and have this golden bullet of an amount of money that drops into their account each month from one platform, and yeah, then I can live my life. No, you, you have... Uh, so revenue streams, for me, are brand deals at one end, which are... That's called, where it makes most That's money. where you make the most money. Then you have platform money from TikTok and Facebook. And for a lot of people, they'd have YouTube as well. I don't have YouTube. Yeah. And then they pay Why you. not? Why not? YouTube, I want YouTube to be different to the TikTok, and I want it to be different to the Facebook. So the Facebook posts are very similar to the TikTok posts. Maybe a slight edit here yeah. and there. I can do slightly different joke references. Facebook, surprise, surprise, is a slightly older audience than TikTok. So I might, there might be jokes within a post that I change the point of reference. I might joke about Boris Johnson in what in the TikTok post. I might joke thought that for a Maggie Thatcher joke in in the in the yeah. in the Facebook post. Uh, I didn't realise you go to that level. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, ever, ever so slightly, ever so slightly, and then you um, see so you get you get paid money by Facebook, you get paid money by TikTok, and you get paid money by brand deals. And then if you have YouTube, then you can earn a lot of money. But YouTube, the whole standard of a, of, of content needs to be higher on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's a it's a step up, uh, and it's a step up that I might do but i want to do it with people i don't yeah. i don't want a youtube channel on my own and and like tiktok's just been going really really well and facebook is getting there and um yeah right. but, but the but the brand deals the brand deals are the big the big part of how you how you earn a living the the, the platform revenue is a bit more up and down if you if you yeah. have 50 million views in a month then you'll earn quite a lot of money. But then the next month you might only have fifteen million because you might just not have a video that pops off. And give a range to people of what you can sort of earn in that sort of from that ten to fifty million kind of what from the platform. Yeah. So TikTok now pays thousands. Yeah. If you're getting tens of millions of views a month, it varies because it depends who your audience is. So lots yeah. of people want to know how much you get paid per thousand views. Depends. Yeah. I get. I might get 55p, someone else might get a pound, someone else might get 30p. Yeah. So it depends what the video is on, it depends who's watching it. Are they in America or the UK, the US yeah. or the UK? They are the most valuable audiences to the platforms. And then developing nations are the least valuable because because the the the, the people advertising in those countries have got the lowest budget, so they're they're having the yeah. lowest amount. Um Facebook has just changed, so I can't it, it, it did pay you like a, you could see what your RPM was, how much they were paying you. Now you just see how much a video's earned. So you, you kind of have to try and guess at, at whether it's valuable or not. Um, and then typically on Facebook, again, you might earn, if something has a million three-second views, like a, like a million plays with three seconds, that might earn uh, $50 or it might earn uh, $500. So Facebook might... Facebook varies again, but yeah, if you if you have something with a million three second plays, and you you that'll earn hundreds of dollars. Yeah, uh, and then and then you, you you the other thing is you have a your when your posts have gone up, they're up, and they will continue to earn a little bit of money each day for months afterwards. So you've got the platform income, you've then got the brand deals, and we'll come on to some of your kind of favorite brand deals. So I think that'd be fascinating with, with the with the with the platform income. Um, None of it is like show-stopping money. It's good money. Yeah. It's something that I enjoy doing. But you really have to get up to Mr. Beast, Sidemen, Logan Paul-type levels to be buying Lamborghinis. And uh, and they were doing that for seven, eight years. They, they were doing it quite yeah. early in the journey. Yeah, really. yeah. So I'm, like, three, I'm three years in, three and a half years in. So this traditionally has been, it's about three years where you'd be looking at to monetize. Yeah. I've always, I've always believed that the faster the grow, the faster the slow. So if you, if you explode out of nowhere and you take over TikTok and Instagram in three months for a party trick. Yeah. Then people will get bored of you just as quickly as. Or trick pony. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so the actual platform money is, is, is really, really 
good, but you you can earn a living on it, but you're you're not going to... Um, it feels like a fair exchange for the amount of work in to the to what you get out. It feels like a fair exchange yeah. as a thirty nine year old guy who lives in Surrey with a mortgage. To, so we try and give some context for what I believe a fair exchange to be a day's work. Yeah, on a post might earn five hundred pounds or a thousand pounds. Unless you have you have posts that flop and then you have posts that overperform. So for every post that flops, so you average it all out. Yeah. Um, and then the brand deals are where, um, where, where the where the bigger money is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have an agent now, right? Which helps. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. I've, I've had I've had two agents in the time. One was just a really informal uh, guy who lived near me who helped me out with uh, contracts on the first couple of posts. Then I just represented myself for about a year. Yeah, and I realised that was a really bad idea. <laughs> so 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 I. I kind of come from the grown-up world of work, uh, not quite as grown-up as you, sort of making policy and things like that. Um, but from a creator point of view, for brand deals, you don't actually want to get involved in the, even if you can do the contracts, yeah. you don't want to because you need to, you, I need to go along and make jokes about whatever it is. Doing. I don't want to have anything invested in the negotiation side of it at all. Yeah, and I might not like the people I'm negotiating with. I might be negotiating with someone who has nothing to do with the creative side of it, and I might not like the way the conversation went. Whereas now with my agent, and she's brilliant. She's so, brilliant. Sometimes I don't even I don't even ask what I'm earning. Yeah. I just trust that she. I'd rather not know. And then afterwards, yeah, I just say, "Are oh, we doing all right?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's fair." Um, and so, tell us about some of the favourite kind of brand deals that you've sort of worked. Well, with. I, I, I've turned down so much. So, so I, I've. Some of them are more fun. So the first thing that you want is a lot of the big brands will have, they won't actually arrange their own brand deals. They will have agencies that, that do it. And you need buy-in from the agency. If, if if you need to sell yourself to them at all, then don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, they watch your stuff because you need at least one ally because you're probably going to get pushback from the actual brand <laughs> with stuff they want you to take out of the post yeah. and stuff you want you to change. So if you're fighting against the agency and the brand, not fighting, that's the wrong time. You're not fighting. You're Pushing want, against you, yeah, yeah. I get what the brand, the brands need to be as careful as possible. But on social media, careful doesn't get views. Yeah. You need to have, it needs to be playful. Edgy. Yeah, it needs to be edgy. Um, so you know you're going to have to edit stuff out. So but if you can get the agency on side. So I always, the first thing, the first thing, if if an agency is listening in any way, then you've got to make it clear to the creator that you like their stuff. Yeah. You're not doing them a favour. You want, even if you are doing them a favour because you like them, but you, 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 as a creator, you want them on your side. Um, so there are a couple, one that we did a year ago was we went to Lewis Bonfire Night with EE. Uh, and Lewis Bonfire. A, that's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. They have a Bonfire Society and sort of the police wear different tabards with numbers on the back there because laws, it's ancient. I can't go into it. It's too, we do. We could do a podcast on the Lewis Bonfire <laughs> night, but there's seven or six or five, God knows, don't come for me. They, don't, they won't be listening to this. Um, bonfire Societies, and they go through and they wear... That was a nightmare because the EE employ an agency who do their thing the agency came up with the concept we went the agency were absolutely brilliant but the cultural appropriation the religious like side of it the like you you have you have people, Land, lines you, everywhere people dressed up as native american they've done it for a hundred years people dressed up as priests and they throw fireworks and somebody dresses up as a pope and they set them on fire and they and you you just you, it was it, and that was a tough edit yeah. All at night, all with fireworks going off, <laughs> poor lighting, either no lighting or too much. And the guys, uh, the two guys at the agency were brilliant. Like they were so, they were like, oh my God, what have we done? <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was just really, really fun. It's one really, of those things you look back on and you think, why did we get this? Yeah, it seemed like work? such a good idea, but then everything <laughs> in life seems like a good idea, like all the big offensive. Um, and then other ones are like, other ones are more more straightforward, but th yeah, they if they're fun. Uh, we did National Express a couple of a couple of months ago, <laughs> and I thought it would be a good idea to go to Newcastle, so I had to get on a National Express coach. I didn't want it to take up a week, 
So I basically got the coach to Newcastle back in about 24 hours with a hotel stay in the middle. And then I was like, crap, I've actually got to film Newcastle as well. Oh, yeah. oh so that was quite tough. Uh, yeah, and then getting off the coach at the other end. Uh, but luckily, uh, what, what they did do, what National Express did, which was really nice, is they gave me two seats. Oh. Uh, so kind of I had two reserve seats so I could kind of stretch out sure. to my side. Uh, so that was that was a massive... But yeah, they've all, if, if they have... What some of the good ones? The good ones are... <laughs> well, because I only take them if they're fun and interesting. I, I really do. Well, what ones you've enjoyed making most? Like, they're, they're, both of those sound quite... <laughs> Oh, uh, Hyundai, Hyundai, I've got, I'm, I'm probably still on the contract, so I've got to pronounce them properly. Hyundai, as I always used to call it, which is actually Hyundai, Hyundai, Hyundai the car company. Yeah. God, I've mispronounced it. They're going to come for me. They're going to want some money back. Um, they they put on a, a fate, uh, like a, a village fate, run off their cars, run off their electric cars. Let's talk about electric cars. That'd be good for the comments because everybody gets angry. <laughs> we need petrol. Uh, they put on a fate that, and that was just a really fun day. Oh yeah, they powered the fate. Yeah, they powered the, the fate thing. off the things. And, so that was one with the post. I looked at the post, and it was quite heavily branded. And it was, you know, it was a fine post, and yeah. they're happy with it, and it did the numbers, and and great. It wasn't. I didn't look at that as a piece of content and go, "That's the greatest bit of content I've ever made." But the day, it was just brilliant. It was, yeah. They were just lovely people. Just a really, really fun day. And how do you, yeah, because I guess you do a lot of that. You do quite a lot of tourist attractions as well. Yeah. Right? You must be getting recognised. This is, a, this is a problem. So, like, Kensington Palace, I knew I was going to batter Kensington Palace because it was voted the worst value tourist attraction in the country. So I try and do everything on value for money, and then whenever I sign the post off at the end, I say, well, it, it would cost you £110 to bring a family here. Is that good value? Well, it depends how much £110 is to you. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. you've, you've also basically done a three-minute review of it, right? Yeah, yeah, and I sort of say, look, it's good, but it costs a hell of a lot of money. Or right. I say, it's bad, and it costs a hell of a lot of money. With, um, with Kensington Palace, I knew I was going to batter it, because I've been there once before, and they do charge a lot to get in. People yeah. go, well, you can become a member of the Royal Palaces. It's like, Who, who's going to travel to London for a weekend and become a member of the Royal Palaces for a year? Americans. Americans, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After they've been round once. Oh, they paid to go in. Go in. Um, so, and, and like English Heritage, I always sort of do, you know, like it's free if you've got English Heritage membership. If you don't, it costs £21 to go in. Yeah. So, so Kensington Palace, but then I go into Kensington Palace and I, I, I got recognised almost immediately. And they know they know what I'm doing. I'm there on my own. Uh, and they sort of said, you can't film in here. Yeah. Which is tricky when you're there to make content and you can't film somewhere. Um, but I'm lucky because now now the cameras on phones are so good. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, we might talk about other people making content themselves. Um, if you have but, but, but you, you can now you can film in 4K at 60 frames a second on an iPhone. Yeah. Really. And it's it, so, so when, if you're somewhere where they've asked you not to film, uh, I, think, I think they allowed photographs. So I could, you could take photographs. And I just filmed it. They didn't ask me. Sometimes you get a task to take posts down. Yeah. Like Westminster, when I filmed in Westminster, they asked me. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're they, quite they, hard. They, yeah, they asked me to take it down. I hardly filmed anything. Hardly yeah. anything. Like the menu in the bar. Is we, I don't know why Westminster's so hot I, on that. Like, I, you can go round it. So. Yeah, you can go in as a, as a tourist, but you can't film in the in the chambers. You can't film. Mm. You, can, you can only film in the Great Hall. I think it's possibly to do with potentially picking up people trash into other people. Um, yeah. Like data privacy. Um, so it used to be a lot of these places. Oh, we don't want you to do, use a flash because we don't want you to damage the stuff, which is... Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's not a... Not a thing. Yeah, I mean, if um, something's damaged by a flash, it shouldn't be out anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, um, whatever, God for saying cathedral I went to, um, for the post. I'll stop doing cathedrals now. Everyone skips when I talk about cathedrals. Um, <laughs> but one of them had the Magna Carta out, maybe Winchester. Can't remember. They had the Magna Carta out, and you sort of go into a big room, and then you go into a little tent. Yeah, yeah. And the tent is within the room. You can't film the Magna Carta. Um, that was quite annoying. Um, Shopping centres don't like you filming in them. Really? Yes. Don't know. Someone will know. Someone watching this will know. Yeah, yeah. Shopping centres don't like you filming in them. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. So I I just give up now. I kind of think that's not a bridge I need to dial. I don't need to film inside a shopping centre. The Magna Carta, I'd quite like to film the Magna Carta. Yeah. There's only 13 of them or something. I can't remember. 
Totally, totally. Left. What and uh, where did you? Well, first, uh, there's a couple more things I want to talk about. Right, like small. How can small businesses kind of use TikTok and um, short form video content? Yeah. And, and then also where you think the future of the creative economy is going more broadly? I think would be really interesting because I think you are different because you're in your late thirties. You, you've also come to it quite late as well. Yeah. Those of you only been in it three years, it'd be really interesting that. But first, yeah, what are your tips for a, kind of a small business that's thinking, oh, we need to. Yeah, you know, be on this social media thing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a phrase from a, a creator in Scotland called Simon Kane, who's a stand-up comic as well. And he said to me, "We're now in this age where brands want to be people and people want to be brands." And Good. I thought it sums it up brilliantly. I mean, who's killing it on TikTok? Ryanair. Yeah, and Ryanair are rogue. Their admin is rogue. They comment on. People say, well, you know, like, I like to pay extra for food, and they just comment, like, well, don't eat that. <laughs> it's like there was a queue for the toilet. It's like, across your legs. <laughs> and it is, it's, they, yeah, they just they just play into this character. They, they, they just, and I love it. Paddy Power have been doing it for a long yeah, time. Paddy yeah. Power created really, really good content. Uh, but but Ryanair are just like, no, no we're, not, we're not, you know, they, they, it's, it's like the human being who runs that account, and I'm sure there's multiple of them, have just been told, we don't care about the experience. We are just the cheapest way to fly around Europe. Yeah, yeah. If you want more, then pay. Like, yeah. it's, um, so, yeah, they're, they're really, really good. The the admin at Lotus Cars, uh, yeah. who are, uh, not there anymore, so I don't know what happened there. He might have taken it. I don't know. I don't know. He might have taken it too far. But, yeah, he was he was just having so much fun on the app. So you've got these massive brands who are, who are doing really successful stuff like that. I'll tell you what my favourite was was somebody who was, this was years ago as well, tweeted TFL about how they make them late for work every single day back when we used to commute every day if I was just reply to him well if it's every day maybe you want to leave eh? <laughs> yeah, but people love that yeah, people, yeah. But, it, but it's sort of Everton Football Club I can't remember but one of the big football clubs their most successful tweet of all time was when the account admin went for a night out and forgot to switch over the, the Twitter account so she was tweeting about like can't wait to get on it with my girlies or whatever or whatever and it just blew up. So you sort of, this human side of it. Instagram, we've been through it with Instagram. So to small businesses, don't pretend to be something you're not, but it's the human side of what you do. Yeah. The day-to-day life, reveal more than you, if you reveal a lot about what you do, people are not going to think, oh, well, I can do that myself. Yeah. Um. Tim Hayden, who set up uh, Hagley Watches, he's basically built a whole watch brand off, his TikTok account, and his TikTok account is him talking about setting up a watch brand. Yeah. And he was talking about sales from day one. He was, like, celebrating. We sold five watches today. This is our first day where we turned over £500. Now they're turning over a million. Then there's other small businesses which um, are basically a personality on TikTok as an expert on what they what they do. So it mm. might be restoring classic cars. It might be mortgages. It might be um, a gardening. It might be whatever. And they're not selling their business at all. They are just posting information in a likable way that people are taking in. And then their business is kind of just lifted off the back of it because a small percentage of the people who watch them will go, oh, I need that. What's her or his business? And then they will go out of their way. Gen Z are so clever now. They don't, brands are aware of this on, on the big branded posts. They're Google. They don't need to be told there's a website link in the bio. Yeah. They don't need to be told you know, 10% off if you use code, whatever. They just need a company name. Yeah. And they'll find it. They they really don't need, yeah. And so if you if you have a business, you don't need to be selling your business. And also under like the ASA guidelines now, you have to mark everything if you are out and out promoting your business, even if it is your business. You just need to talk about what you're an expert on. And, uh, and, and make likable content. And you have to watch a lot of content as well. Yeah. It's like if you're writing a novel, you need to have read yeah, a lot. Well. Yeah. So don't just pick up TikTok, not watch any of it, or pick up Instagram or pick up and Facebook. Facebook. And you've got to like, you've got, you've got to go, that's kind of what I want to be like. That's the creation Take I want to be like. Yeah. Yeah. What advice, would you, what advice would you give to creators thinking about kind of starting out? Don't get married to an idea. Yeah. Do not get married to an idea. Don't go, I want this to be my intro. I want that. Mr. Beast can do what Mr. Beast does because he has a hundred million people who watch him, whatever it is. Yeah. When you start, you need to try lots of different things 
and only do stuff, only make videos, only make posts on stuff that you're prepared to make posts on till the end of time. Because the first thing you go viral for, for want of a better word, is kind of what you then post about yeah. forever. So if you want to post about politics, don't post about politics, post about politics, post about politics. Post a video of yourself dancing in a bikini on a beach when you're on holiday. That blow up. And then post about politics, post about politics. Because yeah. all of those followers will come in and they won't... So decide what the broader topic is you want to talk about. Don't... Don't post about lifestyle and think you're going to have an account blow up. Hardly anyone can post about their day-to-day -day life and, and have it blow up. It's just easy to do. But no one... So try and focus in on something that you really care about, whether it be comedy or whatever. Post about it, but don't get married to a concept of video. If it doesn't work, if people aren't watching it, move on. Yeah. Don't, you're not going to bash them into submission. You, you're not. If people aren't watching it after three months, they're not going to watch it. Um, and where do you think more broadly the creator economy is is going? Like, where's it going to be in, in five years' time, right? Like, one of the reasons that I like your content is because, like I said, it's three of my favourite topics, geography, history, observational comedy, but also is that you are somebody that's coming to a bit later in, in life and it's not just, you know, dancing on holiday, etc. Where um where do you see it going? What do you think, you know, Phil Carr will be doing in or where, what do you think Phil will be doing in a few years? I time? don't know. So so we're talking about uh, there there will be people listening to this who run agencies and work in marketing yeah. and they will just be shouting into their screens like I don't know anything. So this is just my guess. I think just I think the, the the next massive thing is just product placement. Yeah. So I think I think with I think with TikTok and Reels and Shorts and everything like that, um, just product placement will be the next evolution. They the, people will like ad reads. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Coca Cola. Will be <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah. I think sort of creators will um, and then allowing allowing creators to be themselves. I do get from the other side, we, we talk about like cancel culture and things like that. The brands have to be so, so careful. Yeah. Because if, if someone senior at a marketing company or a big brand like does a post with a, a creator or an influencer and it's successful, they don't get much credit for that. Yeah. They just get told that's your job. Yeah. Well done. If they do it and then in my next post... I say that Scotland should be dissolved as a country and incorporated into England or something like that. I don't know. It'd be more horrendous things than that. But, I mean, that's horrendous to some people. But, you know, like... If, if, quite if, a lot of Scots are yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but if, if, if I was to do something like that and then they ran completely parallel to it, that marketing manager or that, that executive would be... might lose their job. Yeah. Because they were like, what on earth were you doing? So the risk-reward... They have. I get that they have to be careful, and then at the other end, they've got creators. And if you want people to watch this, yeah. So it's where it's where the where it falls down between being playful, authentic, and and also being safe, um, as yeah. well. Uh, but but no, my 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 guess is the creator economy, the brand deals will add revenue on the platforms will always chop and change how much they pay, where they pay. Uh, for, for what they pay, longer videos, shorter videos. But the, the brand deals, I think, will will become more uh, subtle. Sub, sub, more subtle. They, they become more... Uh, like, it won't be me sitting on a coach for uh, a three-minute post and me doing 25 seconds yeah. in total of me talking about the coach, the Wi-Fi. It'll be just me. How have you found being a sort of part-time celebrity... It's well, no, it's at a level where it's fun but not annoying. So it, it's, yeah. it's and it it can be in pubs when people are drinking. That can be a bit full on because people have got like their guard down, and yeah. then they see you talking to one person having a photo. So like, yeah. and then actually you realise that you've sort of met up with your friends, and an hour of the evening has been spent talking to strangers, which yeah. are all lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, people on the whole are like, really respectful. And then uh, there's levels to being recognised as well. Some people, you're just that guy of TikTok. They don't know my name. They don't. They just recognise yeah. me or my voice. Uh, and then to other people, they're like, they're diehards. They sort of, they come over and they know your name and they watch all of your posts as well. So there's there's levels to it. But um, 
anything annoying about it is countered by uh, by the positives, which are access. Yeah, you you know, sort of access to people and access to. I mean, you you are a former government advisor. <laughs> you were a former advisor to a prime minister. Yeah, and I'm talking to you. We spent the day talking and chatting, and we message each other. And I mean, that's not you're not a normal person. Do you, do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, he's, and you, you have, and, and there's there's a lot of that as well. You get insights into different worlds. So you get yeah. access. So, so, so sort of the, the, the profile it brings means you can do bigger and better posts because people people will email you saying, I can get you into this. Do you yeah. want to go to that? Like the country's biggest swimmers club. I always time that with you drinking perfectly. You know, they, they, they wouldn't have invited me if I had 20 followers. So, so, do you want to come in and film inside somewhere we don't let people film inside? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. did you say to that? I was a bit suspicious to start with, and then what? What? Yeah. What uh, relaxed me instantly, and the, you can make of this what you will. But we are older men, so the, the youngsters might get angry. But uh, but the fact it was owned by a woman and managed the, the owner was a woman and the manager was a woman. Yeah. Um, that relaxed me because right. if, if it had been two Cockney geezers. Saying you, you want to come to a swingers club? I would have been. No, it sounds a bit seedy. Whereas they were both really well spoken, really nice, and I was like, well, it seems like a legitimate business. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's quite a big, bit like cans and stuff, right? It's like serious business, very entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that that was you know that's a, that's a massive post that I just wouldn't have had unless I unless I had a bit of profile. Yeah, about me. But then I'm at this lovely stage now where. I can still just go about my normal day to day life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you think it will? Um, yeah. What, what's the worst worst bit of it? Um, what What is a bit weird, and you'll know this through your previous work, is when other creators or on podcasts they talk about your thought process around things, yeah. and you, you you're like, no, that's not what I was thinking at all. Luckily, yes. luckily, it doesn't happen that much anymore. But early on, people would people would make connections on jokes that just weren't there. Yeah, and people do that with stand up comedy all the time. They, you know, like sort of bits of stand up routines get leaked, don't they? Yeah, and yeah. or like sort of, and you kind of think, no, I didn't even think of that as I was making it. But you can't, you can't say anything back. You can't yeah. do a video replying or anything like that because that's. That then well, becomes like it, it, it just right? fuels it, it, just fuels the conversation. You're better off just letting. So yeah, that luckily I'm I seem to be past that. I, I have a, I have enough material out there now that people yeah. got to know me well enough. And if I do if if I do get if 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 I do get genuine criticism from another creator, I say let's have a chat about it on a live. Yeah, because a live is a live is such a fair way to talk about it because there's no editing, there's no um, it's not like it's not like a podcast where sort of if I do something horrendous now or edit it out or if you yeah. say something you know that you you, you regret your edit it out you, you, on on a live you can kind of have an open conversation and everybody sees what it is but no luckily now I I I I don't I don't get that much criticism I think I've also got to the point where everyone who doesn't like me has blocked me so uh, yeah. that's that's the other thing. Thanks so much. So thank you. Thank you. Cheers.